If the government can hear our thoughts, who's to say they can't smell them too? If monsters live under the bed, should I smash the whole thing with a hammer? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Welcome everyone back to the podcast. You are listening to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast with your two favorite hosts and your favorite paranormal investigators. Investigators. Excuse me there. Uh, Roy Powers, myself, and Kit Greer, Mm -hmm, my mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. accomplish. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Not the word, sir. (laughs) Um, Every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion to find out if it's real. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Apologies for missing last week. We're very happy to be back this week. Full force, Charlie's Angels 3, full throttle. That's right. And everything that we missed in that last week, we're going to be bringing this week. So I think last week we were at like 2% energy. Mm-hmm. So this week we're at 22% energy. <laughs> we are bursting. Still extremely, extremely lethargic. Of course, yeah. I Even blinking feels like effort. Uh, but we're excited to investigate the paranormal as always, because we got a big one this week. <laughs> By the way, Rory is not even recording this live. He's currently mouth gaping on a sofa. <laughs> He just pressed play on a tape recorder, which he pre-recorded this over the last two weeks. I'm actually so tired. The doctors declared me legally dead. You might hear the faint beepings of the life support machine in the distance, but try and tune those out. Um, (laughs) I am alive. (laughs) You're like, Rory, Rory. (laughs) We have a suggestion this week from one of our listeners whose name is Ruth Bradford Harris. Wow, thanks, Ruth. I think she may have submitted another story, but I don't remember what it was. I think she's a a great friend of the Paranormal Nation. Oh, okay, well, there you go. A great friend with benefits, or, like, a great friend just... There there are no (laughs) benefits in the Paranormal Nation. That would go against the whole ethos of the commune, in that everyone owns everything. It is very much a communist system. Sorry, did I say communist? It's very much a communal system with a sort of dictator. Well, not a dictator. No. I guess a great leader. You're digging I us guess down. a great Don't say sort leader. of uh, leader. The kind of, but not like a president, because we will rule for a lifetime. Uh, so I guess right. that kind of leader that rules over everything and distributes the wealth very very equally across everyone let's say a couple buzzwords here fair equal fine not a cult yeah those are all good words yeah not a cult okay well thank you ruth for your email submission let's just dive right in here folks it's summer 1976 and four university art students left boston to begin a week-long camping trip in the forests of maine wow sounds dreamy exactly before we get started kit this is a serious story Uh uh-huh and I know we often get accused of being immature on the podcast. Mm. So let's both try and step it up today. Parents. Let's, let's, you know, total okay. respect here. Okay, we're just going to go professional mode. We are professional, so it shouldn't be hard for us to just be professional for once. Exactly. The men, Charlie Foltz, Chuck Rack, and twin brothers Jack and Jim Wiener set... You smiled. No, I didn't smile. I said... I'm to, allowed to smile, I said I? to take it seriously. So okay, you well, could just... you police because if you could well you know i'm not allowed to smile if you're gonna giggle every time i say the words twin wieners then i don't know if we can even do this week's episode because there's a lot more wieners <laughs> where that's coming from there's triplet wieners quadruplet wieners there's a whole goddamn lineage I'm gonna level of, with you of giant a, wieners it's a sausage fest from here on we got, we, we got we got the frankenfurter family we got the wiener brothers we got the we got 
the Schlong family, <laughs> Jack Mustard, Jim Ketchup, the whole crew are here. We're going to have to try and avoid the giggles from this point on because it does get depressingly serious. The gang spent five days in the beautiful outdoors, hiking in the hot sun, mm. roasting marshmallows on the campfire. That's beautiful. Anything you would see in an American beer commercial. Yeah, yeah. They finally took up camp at Smith Pond, an isolated swampy lake that was perfect for night fishing. So when the sun went down, the gang readied their canoe and their fishing equipment. Only thing was, this night was dark. Crazy dark. And they were worried about getting turned around and lost once they went out onto the water. Students have changed a lot, haven't they? Yeah, these guys seem like actually pretty responsible. If I get lost in the woods, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know how to start a fire. I don't know which way is north. I'm going to just scavenge the wilderness and the wood floor for anything that even slightly resembles a mushroom to eat. Well, don't go for mushroom. I mean, that's some of the most dangerous things to forage in the first place. But they're food, right? I don't know what Sometimes. else. Sometimes. Kind of, yeah, but most. All right. One out of 10 mushrooms going to be a mm, poison. A little boy. bit more than that, probably. No, absolutely not. Absolutely well, not. well, what else are you foraging for? Just think of it literally anything else. All right. Like, uh, like, um, f- berries. Okay. Berries, also a pretty poisonous choice to go for. I, think <laughs> I didn't say poison berries. Right. Well, I'd go for the ones that look like Skittles. The <laughs> ones that grow on the, what is it? Poison ivy. So you know it's so you know it's poisonous. I think there's been many movies about people who die in the woods from eating poisonous berries. It's I like, would fine. I'll just hunt for a snake or scorpion. Jesus Christ! And drink the delicious nectar from its tail. God, mom. Actually, you'd go great with some f- mushrooms. You know what? You should just stay inside. You should just play video games. Because <laughs> I'm worried you will die. Just you cooking, you cooking dinner for your girlfriend on a camping trip. It's just scorpion with served with rattlesnake with a side of poisonous mushrooms sautéed with a poison ivy berry sauce. <laughs> it's like, what's the drink? I just brought some poison from the city <laughs> to wash it all down. I found some nuclear sludge down by the water's edge. <laughs> I figured that would counteract the poison in the scorpion. It's like, let's just add one drip and see what... He's twice the size as he was before. He's gained powers. He can talk now. <laughs> we need to leave the woods. They're worried they're going to get turned around in the water. So they said, hey, let's start a huge fire right here at base camp. Big enough to burn all night. That way we can use it to find our way back to camp. Pretty smart, these kids. It's like a big old lighthouse. So they built the fire, set it alight. And this thing was huge. Chuck Rack said, these flames were leaping. Three, four feet in the air. Little did they know they had just sent a very offensive Native American smoke smoke signal down the river. <laughs> they had several tribes on their position within minutes. I remember being in the back of the canoe, paddling leisurely. The two twins were in the middle. Charlie was in the front. And I remember they were having a conversation, and I was focusing on, on the night and the lake and the water. And I began to feel observed. And then uh, all of a sudden, Chuck Rack, who was at the back of the canoe, said, uh, holy mackerel, what the is that? And um, I turned around and looked, and there was this huge, bright light uh, that was hot coming out of the trees. It seemed like it was rising out of the trees. At first, 
we thought, it, well, it's got to be an airplane or something, right? So uh, we watched it for a few seconds and realized that it wasn't an airplane because it wasn't making any sound at all. It was strange, very strange. Ooh, interesting, huh? To say the least. I mean, not exactly what you want to see when you're in the middle of a dark wood, in the middle of a dark lake on a tiny little canoe. Mm. There's not really a lot of options to go somewhere. Charlie Foltz went on to say, it was like it was alive. And when it approached them, only a hundred yards away, the object froze in the air. Whoa. Charlie said, Hey fellas, I'm gonna shine this flashlight at it and see what it is. (laughs) That's extremely confident. The second Charlie hit the object with the beam of his flashlight, a second beam of light shot down right on top of them. The men were confused, and honestly, pretty terrified. But maybe, just maybe, this craft was trying to find a way to communicate with them. So it was like, okay, you shine a light at us, we'll shine a light back. So the, like, whatever this is, is like, oh, these are some light creatures. They just shoot lights around the place. They, they build a big light on the shore, and then yeah. they head out in a little ship there, and they shine a light. So I guess we'll just shine a light back. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the orb slowly began to approach the canoe. Oh. The men started to panic. This thing would smush them to oblivion. Yeah. The twins began paddling backwards as fast as they can. They heard Mark cry out. It's getting closer! It's getting closer! Jesus. And then a sudden flash of light. And the next thing the men remember, they were back on shore, watching the object disappear silently into the darkness of the night. That's not good. (laughs) I mean, there's got to be an immediate sense of relief. Yeah. That they're like, oh, we're on dry land. Wait a minute. That's not good. Last thing I remember, I was on a boat and you terrified. You were screaming, it's getting closer. Yeah. Now it's getting further, and that didn't just happen in a second. And I'm lying flat in my ass. <laughs> I don't know where my pants have gone. The men, confused and exhausted, wandered back to their campsite. But when they returned, the giant bonfire they'd built to last for hours was a smoldering pile of ash. Mm. Creepy, huh? Very creepy. What are, your, what are your thoughts so far? And they couldn't just pull out an iPhone and just see what like date and time it was. They didn't know if a goddamn week has passed at that point. It's true, yeah. They could have been out in those woods for, God, one night, but maybe two nights? God forbid, three nights? Three nights? They're going to miss lectures. Exactly. It's a Monday morning at this point. I mean, yeah, it's, it's quite... I guess if there's still maybe embers in the fire, you can be like, okay, it's still tonight. Yeah, that's very true. But either way, a very long period of time has passed, given that they remember nothing about it. Yeah. You'd be quite worried about how you got from the canoe back to the shore, at the very least. Well, years passed, and not just then. That was literally hours, I think. (laughs) Years passed onward from that event. Can you imagine? You (laughs) blink on the boat as this light's coming towards you, and and you open your eyes, and you're in, like, a log cabin. You're 80 years old. Your 40-year-old kids are, like, by your side. You're on your goddamn deathbed. You're like, what a chip! Are you daydreaming again, papa? What? What? Who are you? Oh, he's having another episode. (laughs) No, I don't remember shit uh, last thing i knew there's a law <laughs> doctor injects you with her, oh. <laughs> years passed after the event and the men never really talked about what happened that night 
afraid of what their friends and family might think. Mm. And I guess also afraid that if the orb is still out there somewhere, it will beat the shit out of them for snitching. Or snitching, yeah. Because yeah, snitches get stitches. That's the code. That's a universal rule. Yeah. <laughs> there is only a handful of universally applicable laws. Uh, snitches get stitches. Right. Don't get high in your own supply. <laughs> right. Um, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Mm-hmm. Because uh, on the outer moons of Zoktar 4, I mean, seeing a doctor is basically a death sentence. That's right. Yeah. yeah so course. eat your apples. Yeah. Because doctor doesn't mean doctor like on Earth. It's no. actually assassin. Yeah. <laughs> and eating an apple is the only way to prevent them from coming into your house and killing mm. you in front of your family. So. Also, uh, beer before liquor, never sicker. Liquor before beer, never fear. Yeah. I think that's universal. Most of the laws are party related. Yeah. There's a lot of party related yeah. ones. The men never talked about the incident until 1978, when Jim Weiner was driving down the road, when he crashed the car. Doctors diagnosed him with temporal epilepsy, oh. and going forward, he even experienced periodic seizures brought on by sleep deprivation. Oh, jeez. Now, I know you're thinking, Kit, sleep deprivation? Why, everyone loves to dream. <laughs> True. But not everyone loves to nightmare! What? He's having nightmares! Shit. All I remember is seeing vague figures, anthropomorphic in shape, but they did not seem human to me. They were um, around me, and they were either doing um, things with my genitals, or they were um, prodding me. Uh, with some types of instruments, uh, there was an extreme feeling of malevolence. I mean, I was absolutely always felt terrified in this situation. Spooky stuff, huh? They Those were... are not dreams you want to have. Not at all. I mean, it's easy. Listen, the low-hanging fruit here says pretty funny that aliens are coming to see Mr. Wiener's wiener. Yeah. Sure, there's a cheap pun in there somewhere. But it's not funny. It's not. Because that would be scary as shit. Terrifying. I mean, my my bad dream... I'm such a pure soul that my bad dreams are still right. pretty great. Uh, talk me through, like, what was, like, your last bad dream? Like, I won the lottery, but a lot of it was deducted through tax. Uh, so I only made, like, a substantially smaller amount. Wow, but you were still, like, a multi-multi-millionaire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The one before that, I could fly, but only... To a certain height. Oh, right. Interesting. How high was it? 33,000 feet. So, like, as high as you'd ever want to go, really. Oh, like, cruising level of a Boeing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was incredible. It was... I literally saw the curvatures of the Earth as the, um, the sun rose. So you, yeah, you really has got all the beauty out of it. But again, it's kind of cloudy. So, I couldn't quite... Uh, I couldn't quite see the whole thing. Yeah, I could see nightmare. how that would be stressful. Yeah. yeah. Have you, like, had any nightmares recently? Yeah, one last night that um, actually each member of my family just took turns in um, brutally torturing me. Uh, yeah, wow, and just telling me all all my like most deep seated fears, just wow. reciting them for hours. It really felt like years. Uh, I felt like I'd kind of grown old, and I almost feel like I've lived more in that world than this world at times. Wow, that actually, yeah, that sounds like a really bad nightmare. Oh, nightmares? I thought we were still talking about dreams. No, that was that was a good one. That was a goodie, <laughs> as I call them. What's a bad one? <laughs> In the bad ones, at the start of that thing, I get cast onto hell by Osiris himself. Then each god of every major world religion takes turns spanking my ass as my family watch and cheer. Why is Osiris bringing you to hell, of all people? 
Does he? Does he? Can he? I do don't that? know the f- gods. He's just a big ass Egyptian god. <laughs> they all hate me. <laughs> For what it's worth, Jesus. All right. Yeah, I think you take the the. You win this round because I thought mine were really bad. I was like, I'm like going to a therapist and stuff. I'm trying to talk it out. Like, why can't I fly to the freaking moon, doc? <laughs> the therapist is like, you're a lost cause, bro. Yeah. I don't know where you're getting these crazy bad nightmares from. <laughs> well, for a long time, Jim Wiener decided to keep his nightmares a secret. Then eventually, he decided to tell his twin brother, Jack Wiener, mm-hmm. about what was happening. So they shared the initial experience, but decided between the three of them, to not tell anyone about that initial experience. Four of them. Oh, four of them. Apologies. Yes. Um, But now years later, uh, this guy is experiencing um, maybe some post-traumatic sort of effects of that event, but he hasn't told anyone just yet. It's very true. Yeah. Jim Wiener can't sleep, but he's got his twin brother, Jack Wiener, and they're sitting down wiener to wiener. Just two wieners on a couch. Wiener just opened up. And Jim told him all about the strange dreams he'd been having. But Jack Wiener's response was completely unexpected. He said, Jim, I've been having the exact same dreams. Whoa. Crazy, right? That is crazy. Maybe that's a twin thing. Maybe uh, it's unearthing some horrible event that took place that night. Mm. We don't know. All we know is that there's some unusual connection between these Wieners. (laughs) Some sort of Please stra- show some goddamn respect, <clears throat> sir. Some sort of strange attraction between the wieners that is somehow... There's just a thread through time that is pulling these wieners closer and closer by the day. After speaking with the doctor about what was going on, it was recommended that Jim speak to Ray Fowler, a UFO researcher and apparently a hypnotist. Not the first person you should be talking to if you just crashed your car due to post-traumatic stress, by the way. You can't sleep. You're haunted by nightmares and someone sent you to a hypnotist. I think they spoke to a doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, oh, here's some medicine. Here's a prescription. Here, You're gonna here's, not a, wanna- here's a scientifically uh, proven cure to this issue. It's like, pff, I don't want your your big pharma solutions, <laughs> yeah, doc. Yeah, exactly. I want you to give me a f- Tony Robbins book that's gonna switch my life around. Yeah, let me see that um, clipboard you got there, Doc. Then you slap it out of his nerd hands and say, I need 200 cc's of the truth. Yeah. And you drop, uh, you don't have a mic, so maybe like a box of very sharp syringes on the floor. You know, flip some sh- expensive medical shit over He's on like, your way out. Those syringes were $2,000 a piece. That could save many lives. And you say, I'd rather they die than live under your 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 illuminati rule sir and you know you're backing out now you're a little woozy because you stepped on several on the way yeah, out i mean yeah. you are just dripping also, you blood. didn't get any help so you <laughs> no, you haven't slept in days you're everyone looks like a gray at this point you're freaking out i think you punched a doctor on the way out um but it was, <laughs> was worth it you, you you storm out of that general practitioner's office and just straight across the hall into the surgeon's office because your feet are cut up to shit from the syringes and you're like doc i didn't respect your brother but i sure as hell respect you i need you to help me out here i'm the same person you just walked out and came in the same office (laughs) i didn't respect your sexy brother but i sure as hell respect you greatest surgeon of all time So the four men went under regression hypnosis Hmm. to try and find out what exactly happened that night. It all started the same. The darkness, the canoe, the light from above, and Jack's cries, it's getting closer, it's getting closer, as they paddled for their lives. 
Jack said he remembers the beam of light pouring down on them, and he turned to stare up at the object, wondering what on earth was up there. When he turned around, Chuck was gone. He leaned over the edge of the canoe, splashing his hands in the water, trying to see if Jack had fallen overboard, when all of a sudden, a horrible feeling flooded his body. Jack said it felt like he was, quote-unquote, coming apart. What? Yeah, that's creepy, isn't that it? That's is extremely creepy. That's a really good description. When have you ever felt like you were coming your, apart? Your parts of your body are just spreading apart. Ugh, <laughs> it actually freaks me out a little bit. Then the next thing he remembers, he was lying on his back, paralyzed. Whoa. It's going to escalate pretty quickly from here, if you couldn't imagine already. Jesus. He wasn't alone in the room. Creatures surrounded him. Insects with giant metallic ant-like eyes that never blinked. Insects. Their hands had four fingers, and they began a series of pretty intrusive medical tests. <laughs> I mean, Third the, date level medical tests. The book said it was medical, but it seemed extremely sexual. He was videoing the whole thing as well. <laughs> it, it was not not okay. After a short while, the next thing they know, pachoo! The men are back down on Earth. <laughs> I love this bit. Chuck said he can remember the creatures trying to place him at the top of the canoe. He looked down and they were doing the same to Jim, but Jim was heavier and they were really struggling to get, to, to get him into place. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't stress enough. These creatures are intergalactic, just superhuman strength and ability technology beyond this... Uh, Beyond our wildest dreams, except um, except Jim's fat ass was too <laughs> full of lard they couldn't even get him back in the boat. I just I don't know why I love that idea so much of like these like majestic aliens coming from hundreds of light years away, capable of beaming humans up to a craft through a through a, a shine of light. But then once they beam them back down, they have to go down into the swamp water and like there's like eight of them like ah, trying to push them all into this old canoe. It's a nice little touch to the story, to be fair. It's a very colorful touch. They did say they were insects. I guess they were really small. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. They said insect-like creatures. They're pretty much greys. They're okay. little grey okay, bug-eyed okay, okay, greys. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the other two men had been just beamed back to the shore. Oh, weird. So maybe they did too, and they were like, this isn't working. Put the others on the shore. <laughs> the insects are like reading the side of the boat. They're like, did you know this is a two-man boat? They had four people in there? That is just not safe. That is very unsafe. Put them on the shore. <laughs> From that point forward, the story continued as normal. These are the events that truly transposed that night. What are your thoughts? That is a crazy revelation. Um, pretty fascinating. Maybe the first time that on this podcast we have covered this regressional hypnosis. I really like that term. So they use the power of hypnosis to uncover previously blacked out thoughts. I mean, it's pretty wild to begin with that all four men couldn't remember that specific period of time. Yeah. We don't know whether that was some sort of insect gray amnesia beam that caused them to forget it, or if it was maybe a kind of post-traumatic stress um, blocking out of traumatic memories. True. But the fact that they were able to recover that information is pretty amazing. Yeah. And I will say, um, these uh, three men went, uh, underwent this uh, hypnosis separately um, then they all recalled the story independently that all matched with everyone else's testimonies. And they also undertook a lie detection test 
and they all passed. That's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, these are those are the things as a paranormal investigator that you look for. You yeah. seek this out. That's the best thing you can get that's not actual physical evidence. I mean, shit, I was just going to go along with uh, your word for it, but uh, <laughs> having some evidence is pretty cool, too. I think we so rarely bring up evidence on this podcast that a man's word has become <laughs> as valuable as anything. <laughs> it's worth its weight in gold. It's like, Kit, would I ever lie to you? You're like, well, you do it every week. Every single week, that's and then the show. right at the end, you twist and say, none of this is real. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm, I don't blame you for not believing me. Mm. Hell, sometimes I don't believe in myself. Uh, <laughs> that's a blank sheet you're reading from, by the way. <laughs> this is just off the dome. I thought this was quite a scary story. I mean, this is scary. It's very popular uh, with, with abductions, alien abductions, for something like this to happen. It's referred to, quite obviously, as missing time. Mm-hmm. You know, the abduction takes place. Y- you think it's only been five minutes, but you come back and you have a beard, you know, mm-hmm. or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty popular thing that's happened. And I'm genuinely worried that this could have possibly happened to us in the past. Mm. And we have simply forgotten about it. Yeah. So obviously what I wanted to do was I frantically Googled uh, what to do if you're abducted by aliens. Oh, okay. So the next time it does happen. Because it probably has happened before. I reckon it has. And they think they've got the the one up on us. You know, they think we're never going to wake up. But uh, now we can go in prepared. Exactly. Like, um, you know, they, they beam you up and they're like, oh, it's this son of a bitch again. He's he's so easy to get. Like, mm-hmm. we've had him like mm-hmm. three times now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get him up. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, get the Sharpies. Let's draw some some dumb shit in his face. Get, I actually get the shaving foam out. Let's get the <laughs> shaving foam on his face. Little do they know, I have diehard style like taped a, a handgun to my back mm-hmm. and I'm being beamed up like with my eyes closed but kind of like a slant a little Just, bit open you know when it's so closed <laughs> that you can still see out but it looks like they're closed yeah and then as soon as I'm on that op- operating table you know I, I hear the, the scalpel go up to like cut my balls or whatever they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do I just cry out yippee motherfucker and pull, and pull it out and start firing wildly trying to take the whole ship down from You're the outside. You're still on, the do- on this doctor's surgery table. Yeah, I'm still, still in the office. Still too scared to open my eyes as well so I'm just kind of like firing wildly. <laughs> At this point, at this point, the greys are saying, Rory, you've got a pellet gun. Please stop shooting. <laughs> the pellets kind of hurt. Rory, calm down. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm using this thing as a blunt weapon now, bashing them on the nose. They're like, Rory, we don't have noses. Uh, Weirdly, this makes us stronger, so please stop doing that. Yeah, I like that idea. It's kind of like if we find out that the aliens have been using, say, some sort of uh, hypnosis song or sound, that we could in future plan for this. And, you know, next time they come for us, we're wearing earplugs, motherfucker. Exactly. We can't hear your little song. Yeah. We get, you know, drifted up to the craft and then just pull out dual katanas <laughs> and go, you know, stardust ranch in these guys. I love that no matter what they're going to do, every issue is resolved with us having weapons taped to our back. Yeah. So it's, it's like... <laughs> 
you know, they beam us up there and, you know, maybe they don't even say words at all. Maybe their message is translated uh, through the power of the mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's mm -hmm. see if they can translate this through their mind. It's a little sentence called, you ever seen Die Hard, you alien bastard? And everything and I, goes back to Die Hard. Yeah. And I pull out my dual katanas that I yeah. have poorly duct taped to my back. Yeah. You know, I slice myself in the neck on the draw. Like I'm, I'm losing blood, but I'm swinging wildly. <laughs> <laughs> katanas are very heavy duct tape cannot hold them we learned that the hard way uh well look people maybe you're going to be abducted by aliens maybe we're going to be abducted by aliens here are some tips on what you should do if you have been abducted by okay. aliens let's hear it first off try to memorize your captor's features all right hmm. what are you dealing with here are you dealing with a, a bug-eyed little insect mm -hmm. are you dealing mm -hmm. with a reptile mm -hmm. are you dealing with one of those like norwegian uh uh, blonde a uh, angel oh, aliens yeah, those yeah. those weird I ones about them that's a throwback depending on who your target is you will know whether they are weak to diehard style duct tape weapons or not so think i about guess that. that's true i would have thought that in any of those situations you just mentioned i wouldn't really know what to do like you say if it's a norwegian angel if it's a reptile if it is an insect gray i'm slicing and dicing either way yeah, you know what? You can just ignore that first one. Slice and dice is pretty much always a good That's way to step go. One. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, remain calm during the examination. Hmm. Okay, so that actually contradicts our step one. So we better listen to what they're saying. Maybe pretend to be calm. Yes. And then, of course, when their guards are down, oh, yeah. you Kill Bill style draw that bad boy. Actually, not even Kill Bill, Die Hard style. Yeah. Sorry, I got my movies wrong. Yeah, Die Hard style. Die Hard style. You pop down from the vent. <laughs> Vent to the ships. Because <laughs> you know they need aircon, those little insect bastards. Uh, it says, if you've given into the light, you'll find yourself at a medical examination that's quite different from anything you've ever been through. Hmm. There'll be no pills, no injections, no IVs. But it is important you remain calm, as causing problems during the examination will only make matters worse. That's fair advice. I think that's a good way to get through the examination process. Uh, tip number three. Don't have sex with anyone. Right. Because everyone wants to. And that's... We just have to face up to that fact. Look, getting abducted and being surrounded by a bunch of insect rays is pretty much everyone's ideal sexual fantasy. We've all typed that into all the search engines. Yeah. We've all wanted to see that. And granted, everyone wants it to happen to them. But don't give in. <laughs> um, apparently, Antonio Villas-Boas was abducted in 1957 and reported that he was joined in the exam room by a nude female humanoid who was strangely beautiful. Hmm. The two banged, then the alien of course. then the alien communicated through gestures mm -hmm. like hand jet like probably like finger in circle that one <laughs> uh, that their child they had conceived would be raised among the stars. So that's why because you have to pay intergalactic child support. <laughs> It's not because anything bad will happen. You just yeah. you're just legally obligated to look after the the intergalactic spawn. And you think like the pound is weak against the <laughs> dollar? How do you think the dollar shapes up to the space buck? You are a cockroach trying to pay London rents. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you're broke. Uh, it says whether it's an intergalactic STD or cross species breeding. It just ain't safe. It just ain't worth it, guys. It's not worth it. And the final point, after the process is over, make sure to decontaminate. Which I assumed was like, melt your clothes in a vat of acid. Right. I thought just maybe have like a 
you know salts like bubble bath but actually yeah like incinerating all your clothes is probably good it does it does say um take a hot shower that's pretty nice that's pretty standard yeah but it also says um uh, uh, bag up your clothes you were abducted in. So I guess if you need like proof Ooh. or to hand it to a scientist, mm. um, obviously double check that they're not an MIB agent in disguise before you hand over your your prime goods. Yeah, uh, but that's common that nonsense. I don't. We don't need to tell these guys that. They know that. I don't even buy a f- banana at the shop without seeing some identification first. I think that about wraps us up. Today in this this uh, episode, we've looked at not only an alien investigation, but we've given you some of our top tips on how to deal with alien abductions. Yes, I ganked a lot of these from ranker.com mm-hmm. forward slash lists forward mm-hmm. slash how to survive alien abduction. Mm-hmm. But does that make it any less valid? Absolutely Hell no. Not. It means I've got two sources delivering the goods. Kit, I'm going to be blunt. Yeah. What are your thoughts on today's abduction case? This is a little tricky. On the one hand, we have a very compelling case, which has been cross-corroborated by up to four witnesses, uh, verified by lie detector tests, verified by independent therapists and hypnotists, it sounds like. They have come across this definitive explanation for what happened that night, which is extremely paranormal, extremely fantastical, um, and very, very interesting. But unfortunately, on the other hand, we have potentially an argument shaping with, let's say, one of the brothers where he's experiencing uh, epileptic episodes, um, loss of sleep, kind of generally deteriorating mental health later in life that could also be a latent symptom of whatever it is that was wrong with him in the first place. We don't know exactly what happened to them that night. Did they just get drunk and pass out? We know it was 1976. Maybe they were taking a little LSD, baby. They're art students. They really were. Like These kind of things are not outside the realms of possibility. And it wouldn't be impossible for them to omit that from a story, knowing that it would make their story completely unbelievable to anyone that cared to listen. Um, So it kind of leaves me in a tricky place. Do we have enough evidence to say if it's true or false? I don't know. What do you think? It is a tough one. Usually when we have a story like this where we have independent witnesses um, corroborating on a story where, you know, a lie detector test has been taken and they've all passed. That's pretty good evidence. Pretty good going. I would consider that in the top tier of evidence mm-hmm. that you can bring to a case. Something that's a little bit damning is that one of the men, Chuck Rack, um, in recent years has since claimed he made up the abduction part of the story. Awesome. Uh <laughs> Uh, because the others were so interested in talking about it that he felt he had to um, tell a similar story. Weird reason. Yeah, that's a really weird reason. Just say in the beginning that that it didn't happen. I think he... uh, So I don't know exactly the details of how much he has now denied, (laughs) but the fact that he's now denying any part of the story... Any amount of denial is is not good. Yeah, it's pretty damning. So whether or not Jack... And Jim Wiener and Charlie Foltz still 100% claim, yes, this did happen. We now even have someone who was there that night changing his mind about the events, which isn't a good look. It's not a good feel for the evidence and for the conclusion of this case. Yeah, I mean, any amount of climb down from the initial claim is not good. Because if Chuck did not see an alien craft, insect greys, inhuman experimentation, uh, time loss and teleportation yeah then it's a no 
Um, I think I'm gonna have to be right there with you. Yeah, it's a great story, and um, like there's a lot of interesting details that I decided to leave out because it is just kind of like little things that happened on the ship and mm-hmm. little parts like that. But what's really interesting is because these are three artists, they've actually drawn a lot of pictures of oh, what transpired cool. that night, which is pretty cool. So you can check those out online or you can read more about the story. But I think in terms of our investigation this week, it is going to be a double no. No, no, Damn. no, no, no. I am a sucker for a good alien investigation story. So That was the coolest one I've heard in a little while. Yeah, it definitely won't be our last. There's a lot more out there, and we will investigate them. So once again, thank you to Ruth Bradford Harris. Thanks, Ruth! For emailing that in. If you would like us to investigate your life, your failures, your successes. Mm -hmm. If you would like us to go through your receipts, through your tax returns, uh, go through all of your personal messages and belongings... Uh, we will do that. Exactly. Not even for the podcast. Go through your will. Amend your will. Change your will. If you want us to do any of those things. Set up an LLC in just 10 minutes. That's right. We can do that. Let us know by emailing into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you so much, everyone, uh, for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you back next week for a brand new paranormal tale. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.